0: Hey, reading reading through this uh, question thread.
1: Yeah, I think we have some. Uh, I, I think we should just answer every single one <laughs> because I have I have many recommendations uh, as to what you should use for an itchy anus. <laughs> um, what to do with an NRB, which I had to look up. I've saved which is which is the best Wayne's. <laughs> which is the best Wayne's? You can you can address that first. Um, yeah, I, I think. We have a, a very um, diverse list of questions that we need to go through. Uh, we'll save that for the end of the podcast. I like it. We'll, we'll address, or maybe we'll sprinkle them throughout, <laughs> just to sort of uh, string the people along, because who wants to hear about Bill O'Brien's progress at Penn State or the uh, the ongoing war between the Board of Trustees and the uh, paternal family?
0: Yeah, I thought we all agreed that Black Shoe Diaries is no longer about football or Penn State. Yes, it's about Itchy Anuses,
1: um, the best tracks off of uh, Eliminator, which I still, you know, I looked up Eliminator album on Google, <laughs> just in case there was something that came out, you know, in the last 27 years, besides the ZZ Top album. So I'm just going to assume it's the ZZ Top album. And I'm going to say that Give Me All Your and it's the best song
0: on it. My favorite Eliminator is the one at the end of American Gladiators. <laughs> yes. And they never really did update that
1: when they rebooted the show, did they? Was it still, that, just, was it still essentially throwing, like, Lamar's javelin from Revenge of the Nerds at <laughs> the person who was shooting
0: tennis balls at you? I just remember the the ramp. No one could ever run up the ramp. There was the ramp, and then the, there was the gun that shot, like, a Nerf dart. You're so completely outmanned yeah but the beauty of that was that there were kids everywhere including myself that would just take turns chucking tennis balls at each other from the basement steps
1: oh absolutely
0: it was like the most like immutable like sport out there it's and, it's like,
1: true because you had you know natural obstacles natural being in the household environment or in the backyard and you just you know get a sleeve of tennis balls and and just have at it.
0: Right. No Dude. helmets. No pads. No. no. No knee pads. No elbow pads. No.
1: I'm I'm still very much anti helmet. Even having a uh, one year old, <laughs> I, I don't. And I, you know, I'm I'm destined because I feel like I'm the last uh, sort of generation of kids who didn't have to wear helmets everywhere they went. And I, I mean, you're, you're okay. You're about ten years younger than me. Did you have to wear a helmet like everywhere?
0: I had a I had a very. Um, forward-thinking mother and she saw all the all of the um negligent parent laws and helmet laws coming so i was very much um a helmet wearing child i will say though i was i was driving through this this very small neighborhood near my house and uh on sundays they closed the library and all the 12 year old skateboard all, all over the neat like landscape architecture and um one of them was like five feet high on this uh I don't even know what you call this thing. Wall, basically, mm-hmm. skateboarding without a helmet. While well, his two buddies had had helmets on,
1: I like to see that.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if if he um, was older or like threw it into the bushes, probably <laughs> something like that. Or he's dead now. And... <laughs> or he's dead. He was contemplating doing some type of jump onto this railing that I didn't get to see him <laughs> actually pursue, but it was all just excellent. <laughs> Twelve-year-old, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm completely distracted. We have we have we have troll face photoshops on here. I don't even know what this is on the question thread. <laughs> I'll put this away. I'm going to have to put this away. It's a you know, it's, it's a miracle
1: we haven't done this much sooner.
0: Yeah, I kind of uh, I kind of like this. I don't
1: know. I don't know what the hell, and this is only two hours. <laughs> I posted this at seven, and it's at 150 plus comments.
0: Imagine if we got the workday crowd on this
1: <laughs> well let's get into oh, what the hell SBN's throwing a floater ad across the screen
0: yeah i I know I'm supposed to um to refrain, but this one is particularly large and and uh, uncomfortable
1: It's very annoying okay so let's get into I mean the last time we did a podcast it was a day or two before Joe Paterno's funeral it was the day of the viewing. Where people were lining up across the campus and paying their respects, and it was a very, very um, uh, happy podcast.
0: Yeah, I, I remember, I remember.
1: A very, very joyous occasion for for both of us. So, I mean, that's almost six weeks ago, at least, and we haven't spoken since then. What do you think? You know, putting the paternal stuff aside for a second. You have to give O'Brien and his staff a hell of a lot of credit for what's
0: happened since then. I'm, I'm very, very surprised at how quick, um, how quick they're building a new, you know, a new brand, basically, ver- you know, version 2.0. And that's what it is.
1: It's essentially starting from scratch and selling these kids that look, you can be the ones who fix everything, who repair. The tradition, who while also starting something completely new, and if you look at the quotes that come out from these kids after they um, announce that they're going to go to Penn State, kids like Adam Brenneman and Christian Hackenberg, um, the others are Ross Douglas and Garrett Sickles uh, from New Jersey. They're all very similar, and, and they've they've been sold on this idea that you know yes there's tradition and yes there you know this it's not like you're trying to sell you know, a South Florida program 10 years ago where you're starting from nothing. You're basically starting with one of the best stadiums <laughs> in the country, some of the best facilities in the country, a built-in fan base, a team that's on national television every single
0: weekend, but at the same time you're starting something completely new. It's it's completely new, and, it you know, it makes you wonder just how, you know, there was obviously a lot of negatives that came with the job when O'Brien took it, but talk about, you know, he's he's obviously able to leverage whatever it was that Paterno was leveraging. Um, I mean, we all know what it was, but I, I probably will not be able to come up with a word or two to describe it. But whatever that was that was, you know, we, we talked um, consistently about, you know, this wasn't a young man's hustling game, the, the way Penn State was kind of being run from a recruiting standpoint before. And, you know, whatever that was that he was leveraging is still there. It's still, you know, the the 16 to 18 year old kids, you know, I'm sure people that weren't affiliated with Penn state might be a little less willing to consider it. But, um, I mean, you, you still had this, you still have this group of kind of this Pennsylvania, New York, mid Atlantic type thing that doesn't seem to have just vaporized.
1: Yeah. And I think when you would see these kids committing to the program, when Paterno was still there, you would hear a lot of, you know, I wanted to play for a legendary coach. And I think that thing, whatever, you know, that you're talking about is essentially, it's been replaced by, I want to play for a legendary program. And it's sort of sucking that history in while also maintaining some sort of freshness and, and redemption in many ways. And it's sort of, I don't want to say an easy sell, because I'm, I'm sure it's it's not in many ways. But you're saying to these kids, like, look, we have all the pieces in place. We just need you and a few other guys to sort of, you know, kickstart this thing again. And so far they're buying into it. And, and it's also, it's more than just this sort of nebulous, you know, mysterious, you know, while well, talking about legends and and aura and mystique and all that stuff. On a very real level, it's a full coaching staff going out and
0: doing their job, right? You know? <laughs> with with a program that has, you know, all the tools available to it, all the resources, and an enormous stadium, and 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 national kind of you know recognition. So that that's certainly that's certainly true.
1: Yeah, I mean, for many of us, for years, have been saying that Penn State was a sleeping giant. That didn't mean that the program was terrible, because let's face it they were always going to get enough decent players to win eight or nine games every year, even when they weren't great. And and there were some great years in there, some 11-win seasons, and and nobody's ever complained Mm -hmm. about that. But even when they were down, they usually had enough talent to get by the Purdue's and the Northwesterns of the world. I mean, there was a certain base level, except for when the program was really in the crapper. And... You know, from, from a talent standpoint that, you know, those years were, you know, the, the Sahara. Right. But, but generally speaking, there was always enough talent on hand to win, you know, the Outback Bowl level of games. Now, with, you know, with this entire coaching staff going out and pounding the pavement, in all parts of the country, Larry Johnson's been recruiting kids in California. He's been recruiting kids in Florida. They've essentially set him loose on the entire country, which is, you know, and, and, and Paterno would not let him do that. He was very, and, and it's, it's, you know, uh, it was a practical thing from his standpoint that you wanted to recruit the 250 mile radius and win as many battles as you can within that, you know, within that circle. How many of those kids are you flying over to get to some kid in Florida that's not going to come? But now, and and Mike McQuarrie, a lot of the time was that guy going to Florida. Now you are sending Larry Johnson. That's a whole different animal. Yeah, that's
0: a that's a different level of weaponry, I am sure.
1: Yeah, but before you were sending a salesman from a uh, a Chevy lot. Now you are sending the guy. (laughs) Now you are sending the guy from the Range Rover lot, and um, it's it's you know we'll see if they can actually get some of these kids on campus. First, we got to get them on campus to look around but you know getting them to commit sort of a a next level maneuver but get them on campus and you never know what can happen so it's it's just nice to see that from an overall standpoint of effort that you're not having like you did before essentially four out of nine coaches recruiting and five of them not bothering to do much of anything
0: right and you know the the other thing that's just so relieving so the, the Burnham and commitment was was obviously um, was probably the biggest recruiting story that we've seen in several years. Uh, maybe I'm maybe that's not true. But in terms of momentum, I'm not sure whether this is any, you know, less celebrated as, as the Derek Williams commitment. Because well, I mean, it's so comforting and and yeah. um, there's so much to build off of it. It's almost yeah, it's almost more of a mental
1: thing than getting the best tight end in the country. Because I mean, the kid grew up a Penn State fan, uh, right? But there, you know, there've been plenty of other kids who grew up Penn State fans who didn't come to Penn State, and, and it, it was almost about more about not letting him get away to a place like Michigan or Ohio State or, or Maryland or anywhere than it was about actually bringing him in. It, it just just is sort of a mental hurdle where the best talent in Pennsylvania, a mental hurdle for the fan base, where the best talent in Pennsylvania seems to leave Pennsylvania almost every single year. So it's not only that he was um a great player, it's that he was a homegrown great player who is embracing this new
0: regime. Well and and you know, all the direct competitors, you know, have completely stepped up their game just in the last twelve months or so. I mean Michigan yeah. is recruiting at a completely increased clip from you know, multiples of what they were doing previously. Ohio State, obviously. You know, even Maryland, um there weren't there weren't an inconsequential number of people who thought that Maryland and Rutgers might be able to benefit from this. And Maryland had that you know great you know early season you know thing. They've got this new coach and all this stuff. They've got these awesome new uniforms. I don't know if you've seen them, but like they <laughs> you know there was a, there was a there was a significant number of people who thought that that there might be a power vacuum, and it's it's reassuring to know that um, you know now that now that everything has become relatively stable, and I'm sure we can transition into. The zombie that that won't go away. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's just good to see that there there are people that kind of recognize that not everybody was involved in this.
1: Well, Maryland's having a lot of problems right now with kids leaving the program. But Brennan himself said after his press conference, which I don't know if you saw it, but or, or if we have time to get into this, but Jim Cantafio <laughs> spoke for I think 25 minutes prior I- to prior to letting Brennerman get on the mic, and uh, Twitter was. Hysterical. <laughs> I, I missed, unfortunately. And open missed thread it. was hysterical. <laughs> I was posting I heard, the uh, wrap it up box from Chappelle show.
0: <laughs> I heard paraphrased accounts of every story, and um, <laughs> and I can only imagine how good the real thing was live. It, it was it was insane. But um, but, but
1: Brandon said that uh, Maryland was actually the runner up. It wasn't Ohio State or any other schools. It was Maryland that he became close to that coaching staff. So even though they're sort of, you know, swirling the toilet in many ways, and, and we may end up uh, getting their quarterback, you know, Danny O'Brien may end up being, if uh, if he and Bill O'Brien can work it out, Penn State's quarterback next year, he's he could be our Russell Wilson, and we have all sorts of moral qu- uh, quandaries <laughs> when it comes to supporting that. <laughs> Because I, mean, I don't know how many times we use the term "free agent" to describe Russell Wilson next year, but um, we—I used be... it bitterly, very. Bitterly. <laughs> we may be, um, yeah, eating those words, or at least uh, pretending that it wasn't a big deal. Anyway, it's just college; <laughs> it's just the rules. You're just playing by the rules. But honestly, if if that kid comes to Penn State and he'll have, I believe, one year to play, so it doesn't affect. Christian Hackenberg, at all. So there, there are no eligibility conflicts there where this kid's like, you know, this, kid, this kid's in high school saying, oh, they're, you know, bringing someone ahead of me. They're not even going to cross paths on campus if that happens. So, and if that does happen, just to project mildly, suddenly you bring in a, an actual competent quarterback <laughs> instead of uh, the, the, the current poo poo platter that. Penn state isn't right now with Ohio state ineligible for postseason next year. It gets interesting. You
0: know, it, it does. It, 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 obviously Wisconsin, Wisconsin isn't, um, I don't think I, I haven't heard about any specifics, but you never know what, what kind of free agency moves they're going to pull. That's <laughs> true. It's become the Yankees and the Red Sox now. <laughs> so it's so, a uh, uh, summary
1: on, uh, on the Bob, uh, I I couldn't be more pleasantly surprised because I was not a fan in the immediate
0: aftermath, and I don't think anybody really was. We didn't well, know anything about him. Well, no. I mean, no, we didn't. And his his resume is completely is still completely underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, there are games to be played. Believe it or not, right? <laughs> there are, there are still there's still actual
1: football to to happen. There's still fake football to happen in about a month. <laughs> so I mean, we're but it's just nice to see enthusiasm for the program. Because, you know, we had to endure a lot of people saying that Penn State was going to be, you know, Indiana or Minnesota for the next five or ten years. And, and that's simply not the case.
0: No, it certainly doesn't seem like, um, you know, there's there's obviously some, some ground to make up. But you know what? There was a lot of ground to make up, you know, assuming some type of smooth transition. So, yeah. Um, you know that that doesn't necessarily need to be lost, and I and I am I am just want to be on the record as saying I'm I'm more than willing to eat crow on on the hire first of all, and also I I don't know um on the scale how upset you were that he stayed with the Patriots, but it turns out you know in hindsight um it it wasn't a terrible uh, man move to make, as he described it, in different words. Um, no, I was. I was, just, it
1: I was I was upset about it, but the more it went on, I mean, you know, they got to the Super Bowl and they had a chance to win it. And, you know, that that would have been helpful. But as, as it turns out, you know, how much more helpful would it have been? He's convincing yeah. he's convincing four and five star kids to come anyway. So, yeah. You know, right. It, it, and, the
0: you know, the last class kind of was what it was. And, um, and nobody was really going to save that. Right. So, and, you know, it's always good to have, you know, maybe this means he leaves for the NFL, but it certainly doesn't hurt. A college football program to have a coach that's generally respected kind of in the community i'm not sure bailing in the middle of the playoff run would have left him very well respected
1: that's that's probably true so i'm, I'm uh happy to say that i was wrong about that so add that to the list
0: <laughs>
1: it's a long it's a long list So let's get to the uh, the news of the day, which was the board of trustees randomly, seemingly, putting out a statement, just letting it, just just to remind us why they fired Joe Paterno and why they fired Graham Spanier. And oh my God, we we love the kids. We just we love the kids. It's all about the kids. <laughs> that was at the end of the press statement, by the way.
0: Is that like the footer that are in a lot of people's emails that just say, like, please don't print this to save the environment, and this is all confidential? It's like that kind of...
1: And this is all about the kids. (laughs) We we heart kids. Um, So here was... I don't know if I should read the whole thing, but I haven't pared it down, so... This was the section about Paterno. Um, While Coach Paterno did his legal duty by reporting that information the next day, Sunday, March 3rd, to his immediate superior... The then Penn State athletic director Tim Curley, the board reasonably inferred that he did not call police. We determined that his decision to do this is bullshit. Anyway, all right, I'm not going. I'm not going to read this.
0: Let's. I you know what I would like to I would like to read the three the the num the numericals um the uh that that were referenced in regards to um. You know, I guess guess we we could just dive into the discussion, too.
1: No, no, I see what you mean. Okay, thus we sent a representative of the athletic department, Frank Anter, to ask Coach Paterno to call us. When the coach called, the board member who received the call, um, that was the US Steel guy, I believe, planned to tell him that, one, the board had decided unanimously to remove him as coach, two, the board regretted having to deliver the message over the te- telephone, and three, his employment contract would continue, including all financial benefits, and his continued status as a tenured faculty member. However, after this after this board member communicated the first message, Coach Paterno ended the call, so the second and third messages could not be delivered.
0: What a weird... Why? I mean,
1: this is... How
0: many months later is
1: this? Why? This is... You know, I
0: that oh well, it's 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 uh, early November, so you know four months Joe, Joe paterno's gone, right yeah, and we're talking about i mean who is is this like if this was scandalous news breaking this week that everybody was you know wanted to wanted to, to drive change over i mean first of all that there's at least three lies in here, right you know unanimously I'm, i i't i can't imagine it was nobody unanimous. believes that The the board member,
1: having been an attorney for a board that makes decisions behind closed doors, (laughs) and this is like the state dental board. This is not the board of trustees for the the, Pennsylvania. There, you know, and and this isn't exactly breaking news to anybody. But yeah, there are plenty of disagreements behind closed doors, and then when you come out, you're like, okay, everybody is publicly on board with this, And, and that's 11 people, not 36. And that is some rogue dentist deep frying his instruments instead of using autoclave, not Joe Paterno, which actually happened, by the way, the deep frying.
0: <laughs> God. Did he bread them first?
1: I wish he would have. The, the The state police went in to raid this guy's office. This is a tangent, but I'm, it's so good that I'm telling it. The state police went to raid this individual's office because he was essentially running a prescription mill, just handing out prescriptions, you know, blank prescriptions to anybody who would ask, essentially drug dealing without actually handling the drugs. And when the state police raided the office, they found these deep fryers everywhere. And they couldn't figure out why. And as it turned out, he was using those to sterilize his instruments instead of an autoclave. Now, you have questions. Uh, (laughs) Yes, they were probably very delicious. Yes, they were probably very slippery. And no, I have no fucking idea why this guy would do this. (laughs) I mean, I, I guess peanut oil is cheap, and and you know, there's you know, fried daddies can be bought from Crate and Barrel. But I mean, what the, what the hell?
0: Did he move into like is the dental office an old like Hardee's? <laughs> and they were just there, and he was he was just being resourceful. I will take a monster as a small business. Owner? I will take a monster burger and uh, <laughs> a
1: little scale for my uh, for my incisors, please.
0: And please, one of those spit suckers. <laughs> yes. Spread it. Bread, I'm telling you, breaded, I don't know why I'm stuck on breaded but Because it's delicious it's breaded. You're, breaded stu- it You're stuck on it because it's delicious
1: But back to the uh, the, the, the three The three prong test here um, Okay, so yes It's clearly not unanimous
0: Continue The board regretted to have delivered this message over the telephone Was that Was that really I mean, they fired the guy Um they probably regretted that they couldn't like have done it over tea somewhere. But was the was the board member holding the phone in the midst of the rioting and the press and the clearly just completely non-composed stature of the entire institution? I, Did really have this written out on a piece of paper? Like, okay, I have a couple of very important things. You know, Roman numeral number one, you're you're fired. Roman numeral number two, we regret. <laughs> like, and then why couldn't they call him? And the you know, like this is such a such a weird you know so I, I just don't even believe that two and three existed well sue called back right away right right she yeah I'm mean, called back to yell at them so maybe uh,
1: maybe it was just sort of you know I mean I butt dial people all the time maybe Joe sort of accidentally hung up the phone and like who knows I have mixed feelings on the on the phone call and, and sort of the logistics of it I mean there were crowds outside of Joe's off or his house right? I mean, was, I mean, was that was that still going on?
0: I mean, it, there, was, it, there was, a, it was
1: a mob scene everywhere.
0: But I think that that I think t- you would take a step back and you would just, you know, the other Wait thing they the reference in here somewhere. Yeah, you would just adjust the time. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. The idea that like here's here's the other thing. You know, they they readily admit in here that that you know they would have waited until the morning. Or so so they so they say I guess, except that they were they were completely confident that it would get leaked out and they wouldn't get to be the ones to deliver the message. Well, you know,
1: just, it got leaked know. out
0: anyway. <laughs> right. Ben, ben was, anyway.
1: Ben was tweeting about it before the press conference even started. Like, Oh, I can confirm Paterno and Spanier have been let go.
0: It's, and so, I mean, if, if that's the case, like, you know, make the decision, invite them somewhere, have them wait and then make, you know, do something like that there. It didn't have to, um, happen at the 11th hour i don't think and and, i mean maybe we're forgetting how how like you know hectic every every passing second was of this week Um, yeah i i think that's overlooked to a degree and i'm not even really upset about about the phone call i'll just say it i guess it doesn't seem right it seems like somebody with some composure would have figured out a, a different method but
1: but as we've learned these people have no actual composure no, and I and I still agree with the decision. <laughs> no, most, know, like, I know most. I I agree scenes, that paternal had of... paternal had to go at that juncture. Curly had to go. Spaniard had to go. You know, these guys had to go. But the way it was handled, and, and the way things continue to be handled, just blows my mind that these are people who are leaders of industry. Uh, there are multi-million dollar consulting firms and public relations firms who are involved in every painstakingly administrative step of this nonsense. And yet they just step on their dicks every single time they try to do something. And it, it just it, it just amazes me and it, it, and it and it's shameful that you know my university, my brother's university, your university, my father's, you, know, you know, these idiots are, are ruining it every time they do something. And they, it, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, what, what? what?
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> the other thing that, that I think is really, is really striking a lot of people the wrong way is, oh, and by the way, like while we're just talking scale, a lot of these CEOs are sitting on, Bill, they're they're making decisions with billions of dollars and thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of jobs um, yeah. combined. And and this is, and that, like, it just kind of makes your head spin to think that, you know, I, I don't know if this is a function of the board being so big and there being such a huge power struggle within the board and it being so closely linked to the Pennsylvania government, which obviously has all these pol- political relationships and, and um, bickering and positioning. Um, but all of that, you know, all of that aside, it just, I mean, we, the the news of the, this press release, like, other than the stupidity in it, is that it exists and that it came out today. <laughs> yes. That's the, That's the headline.
1: And that was the immediate reaction. I was checking uh, Twitter during work when this all came out because I had no idea this was going to be released today. I don't think anybody else did either. And As it turns out, it was email blasted to anybody who's on a Penn State email list. So it ju- it just showed up everywhere, and it was like, "Hey, look, we still exist. We still suck at our jobs, and here's you know for the fifteenth time, here's why we did this."
0: And so someone might have to correct me, and and maybe this is just standard procedure, but e- actively emailing it out also, you know, is 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 a very proactive. I, I wonder if the board is still trying to, because you know there was a lot of discussion about who was in charge, who was who held the power, who was able to make the decisions at the school. I I have to wonder if, if the board is having a little kind of, um, you know, sophomore slump issues here <laughs> where, you know, they were really in control for a week. They, they, you know, all these people became interim and then, you know, they, they were still appointing the people. They weren't bringing in anyone that, that demanded, you know, you get these head coaches that come in and want administrative decision-making powers they didn't appoint anybody like that um i just i just wonder if if there's somebody on the board that wants to just keep the board front and center i mean when you release a a press release can't you just release it can't you just you know put it on the website why does it need to be emailed to a hundred yeah
1: you're right there's an an oddly proactive way to spread a shitty message
0: (laughs) a pointless one a shitty one and a pointless
1: (laughs) yeah and yeah it's, it's very much both of those things so, you know, I, I'm not even going to lie. I didn't even read the part about Spanier. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Spanier. He's gone. I don't care. <laughs>
0: right.
1: we, have, we have Ted Roof now. He'll remind me of Spanier every time I see him. Yeah. Um, Spanier's
0: definitely doing whatever the Jim Trestle equivalent of video review is somewhere. <laughs> and he's perfectly fine.
1: And, and that guy's, you know, he's ruined. He's, he's ruined for, I mean, granted he's, you know, he's, he'll be fine. Money wise, money wise, but career wise, he's ruined. Um, and then, of course, remember the children. And then they quote Ken Fraser at the end, who's the CEO of Merck, who has his own scandals to to talk about, giving giving the moral lecture on on uh, every adult has a responsibility for every child in our community. him yeah, well, great. So then there was the response from the paternal family, which was swift and gorgeous. <laughs> it was. It was some somebody tweeted, um uh I think it was Spread HD Graphics who who does some work for primary primary element and, and a lot of uh, graphics design stuff. He said this is essentially like the drops mic version or the, <laughs> the drops mic moment, like you know, Chris Rock walking off the stage, drops mic and just and it was. And I'm going to uh page down our BSD thread here. Six million threads. Okay, I'm. I'm reading this whole thing. The paternal family is surprised and saddened that the board of trustees believes it necessary and appropriate to explain, for the fourth or fifth time, why they fired Joe Paterno so suddenly and unjustifiably on November 9th, two thousand eleven. I mean, that you could have just left it at that, because <laughs> uh, yeah, surprised and saddened. Yeah, we we're all surprised and saddened because wh- why? Why Why are you doing it? So...
0: The, the... Also, you can just smell the tone in those EM dashes. Yes. With the, the fourth or the, fifth time. For there. the you fourth just... or fifth time. Like, you almost read it in that voice, like, for the fourth or fifth time. And then, like, yeah, and you're in the golf course, and the dude just, like, spits right at his shoes, like, this, like, half dollar <laughs> size thing. Right after he finishes it, he's just, like, <laughs> he's furious. <laughs> the latest statement is yet another attempt by the board to deflect criticism of their leadership...
1: By trying to focus the blame on Joe paterno there there's a, a good amount of truth on that. Um, this is not fair to Joe's legacy it is not consistent with the facts and it does not serve the best interest of the university. The board's latest statement reaffirms that they did not conduct a thorough investigation of their own and engaged in a rush to judgment at various times University officials have said that they fired Joe Paterno at other times they said they didn't fire him. They have simultaneously accused him of moral and leadership failures and praised him for the high standards he set for the university. The tough questions that have yet to be addressed relate not to Joe Paterno, but to the board. Two months ago, as Joe Paterno was dying, which how about that? um, (laughs) The board conducted a series of media interviews condemning him for his moral failures. This is a dagger, by the way, Uh, as, as he was dying, they conducted a series of media interviews condemning him for moral failures. Now they're trying a different tack and accusing him of leadership failures. The question we would simply, or the the question we would ask, is simply this: When will the board step up and acknowledge that the ultimate responsibility for this crisis is theirs? Everyone who cares about Penn State is longing for strong, courageous, honest leadership. Today's statement is anything but that. Which was, you know, I I disagree with
0: some elements of that, but as as a response, <clears throat> I mean, if I'm Joe Paterno's son, beautiful. First of all, this—it wasn't one. It sounds edit. like Jay wrote it, doesn't it, or
1: Scott wrote it?
0: I yeah, I, I can't decide. I don't. I don't know. Um, Scott seems to be kind of the the uh, the more public relations member. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that Jay would say all of this if he could channel if he could channel it right. But this there wasn't one single edit made to this. Somebody sat down no, and wrote this. You're absolutely. And they didn't even. That. They didn't even swap out. You know, punctuation. Yeah, it was like you writing me an email. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, it doesn't that's... have all the typos in it, but it's very, very <laughs> similar to that Yes concept. No, and you're it... right. I mean, you're, they went right. They went right to the point, and, and they no? should have.
1: Because, like I said, even though I, I agree that Paterno needed to be removed, there's no reason. And maybe the reason was that Sandusky's pretrial hearing was today. I don't know.
0: But no one was really talking about that I mean other than no,
1: because he Sandusky wasn't even going to be there and he wasn't there it was just his, his attorney arguing against the Commonwealth attorney so it, it wasn't like there was some great public appearance by by the accused molester that needed to be offset by a statement from the board of trustees this was just sort of stupid and gratuitous and it, and it got the response that it deserved and I'm glad I'm
0: glad it did. And I love the first response to the block quote. Can this be emailed to all of us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, that's,
1: that's and, and and it's also a good point. And I did try to email it back. I tried to, <laughs> I saw that. I tried to reply all, and it said that the moderators had to approve my message. And I'm guessing that they haven't.
0: Not yet. Probably.
1: I'll be waiting. It's probably in the hopper.
0: No, I I um I think from from first of all, there's nothing unfair about. I I I agree with you that there are some. Um, kind of implied statements in here. But if you're Joe Paterno's family and and yeah. your, your father is gone and this thing comes out, this is, there, there's no um, kind of apology necessary. Yeah, in my the,
1: no, no, absolutely not. And um, I, I, I completely agree with that. It, it's, and I'm interested to see where this leads now. Like what's, what's the next step after this in the sort of, post-mortem public, public relations battle, because the last time we, we spoke on a podcast, we were wondering how Penn State was going to act to sort of bring paternal back into the, you know, the marketing and the you know, honoring of aspect of, of the program. And this is not happening now. No, and you know, unless they they try to just you know, play both sides of it, which would not shock me either. Although now also Guido Dehili is gone and he was Joe Paterno's guy. So there may, maybe there won't be any effort to, to include him in any sort of uh, inspirational video montages or whatever else they play in between ads for Pepsi and Stalker Chevrolet or whatever, DP Doe, whatever the hell they advertise for up there.
0: The um, the funny thing about this now is that it's so deeply personal between the board yeah. and Paterno's family and probably some very loud, very rich alumni that I don't, you know, and, and then the the thing I think that's, per, that's what, I, what I interpret a lot of the anger at the board is, is, is there's kind of, first of all, there was no turnover. And they really, you know, it's a very legitimate question to ask what responsibility does a board of trustees have in a situation where there's. Complete and utter institutional failure, you know, Mm -hmm. you know why, you know, we've retreaded this a thousand times, but it's a legitimate question that we definitely don't have an answer to. And we also don't really have any acknowledgement at all that the board, you know, and I'm not saying that the board, the board by definition isn't supposed to be kind of involved in the, in the details. But I mean, you have all these political appointees, you have these enormous corporate and business appointees, you have these agriculture appointees, you have a very small number of voted in members um and who knows what the what the power rank is even amongst those 30 some people or whatever it is but i do not think joe paterno's image and likeness are are coming to your official penn state store anytime soon
1: no no and and you know they they undertook a systematic scrubbing of his image even before his attorneys and penn state's attorneys agreed to do so by removing his name from marketing and and all, you know, merchandise and all those things. I mean, they were taking down videos of his milestone wins from the official propaganda website for the Penn State football program. Those, I mean, you know, it's it's sad. Even me, as somebody who has wanted to move on from Joe Paterno's coaching staff for a few years now, you you know, this is not the way to do it. And of course, nobody saw, you know, foresaw these events happening the way they did, but still it's, it's, it's a cold war now. And it may not even be a cold war.
0: Yeah, this is, well, (laughs) the problem is I don't see how, how the school can move on from this dynamic. I mean, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take some people voluntarily kind of, you know, moving on or getting other gigs or something. Yeah. It's going to, you know, it's a whole nother, it's it's not until the next generation of, I don't mean generation in the age sense, but, you know, the next kind of the 3.0 comes through.
1: Yeah, and the, uh, I mean, it's not even, with, with the timing of the release, uh, somebody had posited earlier that it may have something to do with uh, trustee elections coming up. If, if that's the case, which I don't think it is, this is the worst way to do it this is like uh newt gingrich releasing (laughs) an ad about you know his second wife or something (laughs) right this is this this is just reminding you this is yeah you're not going you're not going about this the right way but the elections aren't even until uh, i had to look it up just now april 10th and they they go until may 3rd
0: so there's only two people up i think this year
1: uh, yeah, there are only two or three that are that are up up for election. So I mean, and Dave Joyner is one of them, by the way. But I mean, he has his new gig now, which he apparently wants full time. But yeah, it's it, it, I would think it almost has to be tied to the Sandusky hearing today, and I- and that if you looked at the updates from what was going on in Belfont today. His attorney asked, uh, submitted what's known as a bill of particulars or asked for a bill of particulars, which is essentially asking the Commonwealth, like, hey, let me know exactly what you're charging my guy with because I have no way to defend it. Because they're essentially saying, oh, he molested this kid sometime between 2002 and 2006. And it may have happened here. or it may have happened here. And you know, all these different, you know, that, that shit's not going to fly once they get it to trial. And it may not even make it to trial. At least, you know, there There will be, I'm sure, because there are 50 or 60 counts against Sandusky, there will likely be some that make it to trial. There may be so few that a plea bargain is going to be the the state's best, uh, best option at a point, and Sandusky, you know, he'll go to jail for a year or, or
0: you know, have to... Read. You know, I, I remember I, mentioning, to people that were only reading the headlines that, you know, aren't college football fans that I know, they, when I mentioned that, you know... I knew very little and you know much more about the particulars of the law and and I'm sure countless other people do too. But I mentioned just the possibility that, you know, this case is so, um, you know, like all of the, in the nature of I'm sure many of these cases, it's just so difficult to really get through the, the system that, the, you know, people think he's like, he's going to get shot or something. And, you know, it's and that it's a foregone conclusion, but the reality is, that is, I think, the other shoe that drops on this. So Penn State might be in the clear for the for the moment, but I think there's going to be a pretty serious reaction to what happens at the end of this, which is the very real possibility that that he doesn't, you know, that a lot of people are going to disagree with, you know, in the same way that people disagree with a lot of these big celebrity trials.
1: These the types these types of crimes are very very hard to prove for a number of reasons. Uh, one, and in relative to this. Case in particular, one of those reasons is that the stuff happened so long ago. You know, they're reaching back to 1996 and 1998, 2000, 2002. You know, we, 2002 sort of the you know, of course, it's the incident that brought down Paterno and all these other guys. It's 12 years or 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're asking, and so not only is that sort of stuff hard to prove, it's hard to get the witnesses to remember the details. It's hard to get those witnesses to stand up under uh, cross-examination. There's also no physical evidence of this. I mean, it's not like they have DNA samples. It's not like a a rape where you get, you you know, someone goes to the hospital, there's a rape kit, and evidence is taken, and it's run through a system. This is all, you know, circumstantial, that you're... You're depending on uh, on the credibility of witnesses who may or may not be very enthusiastic about testifying. And, you know, we're, we're if you're asking me, do I think Jerry Sandusky did this stuff? Yeah, I, I, I do. If, if you're, if you're demanding a yes or no answer, yes. If you're asking me, do I think he's going to be found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt by a jury in Center County? Hmm. Not so sure. I, I I tend to think that he won't in in many of these circumstances. And there, I mean, I don't even know if and I, I I apologize for not keeping up with this particular aspect. But you get flooded with all this news and you start you start to forget details. I don't even know if they have a name for that witness in two thousand two.
0: Yeah, my the last I heard, and again I, I am the same as you. You get all these things have meshed together at this point, but I don't remember. I I remember hearing that the specifics of it are very hard to to nail down. So what happens, and and the the case against
1: Tim Curley is probably going to fall apart at some point. Gary Schultz perhaps a little bit less likely that that will happen because he seemed to look like a a damn fool when the testimony was read at their their preliminary hearing. What happens when Tim Curley is acquitted? Does he get his job back? He's on administrative leave does does he have a right to get his job back <clears throat> i i don't
0: know does he so have... the leave the leave has got it is i mean is there any like are we just hiding from wrongful termination suits is that why these guys are on leave
1: it could be i honestly don't know i'm that that's not my specialty remotely i don't, i don't really understand employment law in that sense but um it, it's it's still a valid question as to what what is the case of tim curley when His charges are dropped. What happens to the public view of Joe Paterno or the public view of the Board of Trustees or all this other stuff that happens if Jerry Sandusky walks or if Jerry Sandusky gets the proverbial slap on the wrist? Most people in the media will just, you know, sort of wash their hands of it and move on. You know, the story's over <laughs> in that right. sense. You know, it's okay, nothing to see here, and, and on to the next scandal. Um, I don't think that the community and the fan base is ready for Jerry Sandusky to be, you know, lightly punished or not punished at all.
0: No, it, you know the 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 only thing that I'm sure will happen is that this will just go on and on and on, um, and then there will be you know civil suits. Right, but you know way. the the contrast of of the it seems so that you know for obvious reasons and for important ones that the specifics of this are so unknown while you know the civil suit stuff is generally like you know comes about when people are willing to go on the record for those kinds of things so i I don't know i i, I i'm talking I'm talking completely out of my league here, but it i can just i can I am, feel I the <laughs> the environment though when when the very you know the very real possibility happens that he that he doesn't you know get what everyone just assumed is going to come to him because of all the collateral damage here you know both obviously to like the, the victims and the people involved and then professionally like you mentioned to, to some of these people that had spent their careers kind of doing these things that are just leveled now at this point well, i don't know what you don't get out much these days waking young and feeling old the days are no longer my